Well, I've had the opportunity to do a lot of things around the vine, uh, behind the scenes, setting up, tearing down, but I haven't got a chance to preach, so I'm, I'm excited about this. And uh, like Jen said earlier, Mike and Sarah are in Charlotte, North Carolina, at a church called Providence Road Church, and they are potentially uh, represent, they're representing the vine to possibly get support. Uh, and they want to partner with us possibly uh, in terms of our journey as a church plant and, and starting out as, as a new church. So that's pretty exciting. So like Jen said, I am a therapist, and I've been doing that since 2001, and before that I was in church ministry. Um, the topic of forgiveness comes up a lot in therapy. Uh, probably the most common topic, probably uh, because a lot of people come to therapy because they're hurt or they're struggling or whatever. And there's just a lot of things in life that happens because we get hurt or things happen and we have things in the past. And so the topic of forgiveness is uh, very prevalent. Uh, and I just see a lot of people struggling with the negative effects of unforgiveness. And so that's really what I'm passionate about helping my clients, but uh, more importantly, helping each of you. And, uh, and hopefully, each one of you today can find freedom in forgiveness. Forgiveness is not one of those things that we just go, oh, the Bible says forgive, God forgave us, we're just supposed to forgive. It's just not that simple. Um, and so, when Micah asked me to preach, uh, he, he were in the series of Luke. And so, one of the next uh, sessions, sections in Luke was Luke chapter 17. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to preach on forgiveness. So Luke 17 um, is this. And I thought, this is, just doesn't do it justice when it comes to forgiveness. So let me read this to you. Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. But woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble so watch yourselves. Okay, what happened to verse 4? And Anyways, the next verse that got left out of that says, you're supposed to forgive seven times seven. Now, in Luke, it refers to, to forgiveness in this short little verse that says, forgive seven times seven. Well, I thought I'd take the liberty today to kind of jump to Matthew. Now, if you don't realize this, but the Gospels, there's a lot of parallels. And so something that might have been recorded in Luke, from Luke's perspective, was also recorded in John or recorded in Matthew. So Matthew records uh, something similar, but because Matthew does a better job and Matthew includes a parable related to uh, forgiveness, I thought I'm going to jump to Matthew. So don't tell Mike I switched from Luke to Matthew, but this is my jumping off point. So here is the parable. Um, Peter came to, to Jesus and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Okay, Peter thought he was being generous. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. So Jesus, like many times, says, I'm going to tell a story. And so he wants to 
illustrate a point by telling the story. And when he had begun, when, when this uh, king began to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you it all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that very servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved. So all his buddies are watching him going, okay, this guy just got forgiven his debt, and he went and found somebody else that owed him and said, I'm not going to forgive you. So they were grieved, and they came and told the master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly father also will do to you, each of you, from his heart, does not, if you from your heart do not forgive his brother his trespasses. Okay, that last line's pretty harsh. Okay, but one of the things I found out that some people actually take this scripture literally. Okay, this whole thing of 70 times 7. Okay, like this woman in this cartoon I found. <clears throat> 491 times leaving the toilet seat up. Now I'm mad. Okay, so 70 times 7 is 490. So it got to 491 that he left the toilet seat up, and guess what happened? She didn't have to forgive anymore. <laughs> so some people actually take that literally. I don't think that's what God uh, meant uh, when, when and Jesus meant when he was uh, telling this, uh, this parable. It's hard to forgive over and over and over again, especially spouses who leave the toilet seat up. Okay, but... The other thing is we forgive little things all the time. Uh, animals are a great uh, illustration of, of being so forgiving. <laughs> Either we forget to give them water or we forget to you know, give them food. Or There's so many things we do to animals, and they're so forgiving. And they're just always like excited to see you. Uh, now, the other thing I've noticed, too, is animals can tend to do some things to us that we have to forgive. Now, way back when, when I was a bachelor, lonely bachelor, somebody gave me a little kitten, and I called this kitten OC, short for orange cat. Happened to be an orange cat. Um, And so little OC, in, in his little cute way, I would be walking around my little Sorry excuse for a dollhouse 
place that I lived. And all of a sudden, OC would come out of nowhere and go and launch himself onto my pant leg. Okay, now, I don't know if you've ever had a kitten who doesn't have their nails clipped, but they're like razor sharp. And so he would proceed to walk up my body and wanted to perch himself on my shoulder. Now, after the painful experience, I wanted to bat this cat across the room. But when you see a picture of OC, you realize how hard it is to be mad at this cat because I had to forgive this cat all the time. (laughs) Now, that's not really my cat, OC, but very similar. OC would give me those, those eyes and say, please forgive me. I love you so much. And it was pretty cute because as a bachelor, I'm sitting there eating my cereal in the morning. <clears throat> and um, after I would be done eating my cereal, he would come off of my shoulder and drink the rest of the milk out of the bowl. I mean, it was pretty adorable. Us humans have a harder time forgiving But it sure is nice to know that God is really good at forgiving. And let me just get this record straight to begin with, even though we're not talking about God's forgiveness as much today. I just want to kind of get that that foundation set because he offers forgiveness to every single one of us as a free gift. And these verses talk about that. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins, purify us from all unrighteousness. John 2, 12, 1 John 2, 12 says, I am writing to you who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. And then Psalm 103, 12, I love this one. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. Now, forgiveness from God is ours for the taking, period. God says, I want to forgive you. Today, we're going to be talking about the act of forgiving others. I think forgiveness is one of the most misunderstood concepts around, and I see that every day in my office because people just don't really understand what forgiveness is. Now, I want to start with Webster, good old Merriam-Webster definition. Webster says this, forgiveness means to give up resentment or a claim to retaliation, as in, I'm going to forgive that insult. It also means to grant relief from payment, kind of like in the parable. I'm going to forgive a debt. Okay, so true forgiveness is actually a result of truth received and the presence of genuine compassion. A lot of people don't understand that. Um, the also, the Greek word for Forgiveness, actually, the, the literal definition is to release. So forgiveness is this idea of releasing, sending away, letting go, which is the very thing many of us need to do when it comes to forgiveness, is releasing and, and letting that stuff go. So quickly, before we get into the parable, I just want to dispel some of the myths about forgiveness. And I just, probably the most telling thing about forgiveness about what it is and what it isn't, is to tell you what forgiveness is not. So I'm going to go through a quick list of what forgiveness is not. First of all, forgiveness is not forgetting. Right? Forgive and forget, right? No. 
It's not that simple. There is things that have happened to us and some people that we will never forget. Forgiveness does not mean amnesia. Forgiveness is not condoning. A lot of times we think, well, if I forgive, then I kind of say, well, it's okay. Whatever you did doesn't really matter anymore. No, there's some evil things that have been done to people. And forgiveness is still necessary. Forgiveness does not condone bad or hurtful behavior. Forgiveness is not pardoning. It does not remove consequences. Forgiveness is not excusing. Like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's inconsequential. Okay, so forgiveness does not excuse what happened. Um, And it does not mean that we have a lack of boundaries. Uh, Forgiveness is not condemning. Sometimes people like, oh, I forgive you, you know, because of my moral superiority, I'm, I'm going to let this one go. I'm going to forgive you. It's not, that's not what forgiveness is. There, this is a very another misunderstood thing. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. A lot of people are like, well, if I forgive them, I have to be best friends with them. Well, okay, Somebody molested you or somebody, you know, beat you up or whatever else. Somebody completely insulted you or whatever else. There's times when it's not even healthy to be in a relationship with those people. But, but there's still a benefit to forgiving, and we'll, I'll explain that. Because a lot of people go, well, if I'm never going to be friends with that person, if I'm never going to have a relationship with that person, why would I need to forgive? Well, I'll explain that. The last one is forgiveness is not compensation. It does not say, well, since they did this or they said I'm sorry or whatever, then I'll, you know, do this quid pro quo quo kind of thing. Like I'll, I'll forgive if, because they did this. That's not what forgiveness is. In fact, a lot of times I will tell people to forgive and they have no access to that person. And a lot of people think, oh, I need to go knock on their door and go, I forgive you. Well, most people that we have to forgive are not losing sleep over us not forgiving them. Uh, and so it's just important to understand that. Well, let me quickly go through what forgiveness is. Okay, forgiveness is releasing. Like I talked about, it is the literal translation of the word to forgive, is to release ourselves from the anger, from the resentment, from the bitterness. Forgiveness is moral. Basically, it's saying, I'm going to do the good and the right thing, the moral thing, in the midst of such a horribly wrong thing. Forgiveness is empathy. Forgiveness actually requires empathy, which is very confusing to people. You have to, at some point, put yourself in the other person's position and understand what might be going on. So many stories I've heard where this person's done this horrible thing, but then when you hear their story, it doesn't take away from what they've done, but you realize that something much more horrible has been done to them, and you go, wow. And when you start to have empathy and compassion, uh, it makes a big difference. The other thing is, and this is kind of a funny word, forgiveness is paradoxical. Okay, forgiveness basically doesn't make sense because we're, we're, we're giving up resentment and revenge um, and we're kind of giving this gift of forgiveness, which a lot of people think that forgiveness is something we give 
the offender. Um, but it doesn't always make sense because in our mind, the way we think about forgiveness is it's this amazing thing I'm going to give you. Why would I give this person forgiveness? They don't deserve it or whatever. I think forgiveness is essential to recovery. Uh, I have rarely heard uh, of somebody uh, forgiving and or not forgiving and, and really recovering from that wound uh, because it becomes this, this poison in them. And it's really sad to see. In fact, I had one client one time says, they were telling me this horrible story about uh, this uh, person that wronged them. And they go, yeah, but I forgave him, but I hope he burns in hell. And I go, hmm, <laughs> I don't think you've forgiven yet, but it sounds good. Uh, so yeah, forgiveness uh, is definitely essential to recovery. Last is, which relates to my title, forgiveness is a journey to freedom. Forgiveness works directly on the emotion of anger by diminishing its intensity level within the mind and the heart. Okay? Forgiveness is definitely key uh, to freedom. So let's answer the question of why we should forgive. Okay? So now we've kind of understood, okay, we kind of have a better idea of this whole idea of forgiveness. A lot of misunderstood things about forgiveness. But why should we forgive? Let's, let's talk about what God says about forgiveness besides this parable. Okay, Matthew 6, 9, and 12. Jesus is telling us how to pray, right? The Lord's Prayer. Pray like this. And then he says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us. Matthew 6, 14 and 50 says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. If you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. It's a good reason. Luke 6, 37, do not judge others or you will be judged. Um, Do not condemn others or it will come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Colossians 3, 13, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember... The Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And Proverbs 17.9 says, Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. I see that all the time. God commands us to forgive for a reason, because it's for our benefit. In fact, Dr. Richard uh, Fitzgibbons has done research on the benefits of forgiving. So I just want to throw these out to you too, because if you're not compelled yet to pursue forgiveness, listen to these benefits of those who forgive. Okay, this is what it benefits you. Decreased levels of anger and hostility. Doss, you're doing a great job back there on the PowerPoint, by the way. That's my son. He's on it. I got a lot of slides today, so he's got to be on it. Second thing is increased feelings of love. Third, improved ability to control anger. Enhanced capacity to trust. Freedom from the control of the events of the past. No longer repeating negative behaviors. Improved physical health. There's actually been proven research that people's physical health will improve after forgiveness. 
And then some significant improvement in psychiatric disorders. So if you're struggling with that psychiatric disorder, (laughs) you might want to think about forgiving. Um, In fact, Carl uh, Menninger, he's a famous psychiatrist. He actually said, and he was convinced that if patients in the psychiatric hospitals, um, if if they knew that their sins were forgiven, uh, he feels like 75% of them would just be able to walk out the doors and be fine. Um, So forgiveness is a powerful thing. And even though we're, we're highlighting today the whole idea of the act of forgiving, um, I feel like everybody has a strong need and desire to be forgiven. They may never admit it, but this idea of if we have wronged somebody or something has happened or we have this guilt or shame, this, this power of forgiveness is, is huge. I love this story, uh, this Spanish story of this father in Spain, um, him and his son became estranged, and they hadn't talked uh, for a long time, and so the son ran away, and the father says, I have to find my son. He searched for months and months and months, never could find him. Finally, in a desperate move to find his son, he put an ad in the Madrid newspaper. And the ad read this, Dear Paco, meet me in front of this newspaper office at noon on Saturday. All is forgiven. I love you, your father. On Saturday, 800 Pacos showed up (laughs) looking for forgiveness and love from their father. People are looking for forgiveness. It's powerful. I would have loved to see that scene, all the Pacos. So let me get back to the parable. There's so much to learn from the parable. If you have your Bibles, um, if you have a Bible app, you can pull up Matthew um, 18, um, 21 through 35, because I'm, I'm going to go through the parable each verse and pick out principles that we can learn from the parable because there's a lot of powerful things in this parable. First of all, in verse 21 and 22, it says, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said, I do not say to you up to seven times, but to 70 times seven. So the first principle is God does not want us to put a limit on forgiveness. God does not want us to put a limit on forgiveness. In fact, the rabbinic, rabbinic teaching back in those days said that you only had to forgive three times. That was what they taught back in those days, is you have to forgive three times. So when Peter came to Jesus and goes, how about seven times? I know we're taught three times, but how about if I forgive seven times? And he, thought, he was probably thinking, you know what? I'm being pretty generous. I mean, Jesus is going to be like, you're amazing, Peter. Peter's probably going, ooh. Because Peter responds, or Jesus responds, with 70 times 7. Well, now it is 490, but I think it's uh, not really like the woman with the toilet seat. I don't think that's really what he had in mind. The number of times we forgive uh, doesn't matter because we're the ones uh, who are going to suffer if we don't. 
The second principle is forgiveness requires we take an account of the damage done. Okay, so in verse 24, the master says, when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Okay, so when we're in the process of forgiving, we need to take an account. We're like, how, how much am I forgiving? Am I, am I forgiving 10,000 talents or am I forgiving 5,000 talents? And, and I'm going to explain to you what the talents mean uh, because this idea of getting in touch with your anger and your hurt is so essential to forgiving. A lot of people want to ignore that, but it's so essential to the whole forgiveness process. So the third principle is we, nor the debtor, have the means to repay the debt. Many times that we're wronged, the person who wronged us can never repay that. They can never undo it. They can't um, make it better. Um, And this guy couldn't pay. And just to give you an idea, a lot of people don't know, what are 10,000 talents? Okay, 10,000 talents equals 160,000 years of wages. (laughs) Or 58,400,000 days of a wage which is about $6 billion. So the first servant owed $6 billion, okay? And the master says, you know what? You're probably never going to be able to repay that, but I'm going to forgive that, okay? Now, when he went to find the next guy, remember, who owed him 100 denarii, that was only 100 days wage. So each day, they got a denarii. Okay, so that was 100 days compared to 58 million days. So just to give you an idea of the comparison. And the whole principle here is we can't pay back that debt. Nobody can ever pay back the debt that they've wronged you. I'm so glad that we have a Savior that has forgiven our debts. That's such a powerful thing when we realize that we can't ever repay our debts either. The next principle is anger is a normal reaction but must be released before freedom can come. Anger is so normal. Sometimes we're like, oh no, I don't want to be angry anymore. You have to get angry before you can get unangry. You have to express that. Okay, the verse 25, it says, his master commanded, be sold, his wife and children, all that he had, and payment till me bait. So, so in the story, the master was like, I'm mad. You're going to jail until you pay me back. And that anger is normal. In fact, in Ephesians 4:26 and 27, it says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. A lot of people forget the second part of that verse. Like, oh, we can't let the sun go down. We can't go to bed angry, right? We can't go to bed angry. But the second part of that verse is the most important. Is because we don't want to let that anger fester over 24 hours. That's kind of the whole let the sun go down and come back up. Because it's going to give the devil a foothold. I love this by Confucius. It says, before you embark on a journey of revenge... Dig two graves. <laughs> oh, that's not up there. 
Dawson was sleeping a little bit. Before you embark on a journey of revenge, dig two graves. That is classic. If you're out for revenge and you, can't, you don't want to deal with your anger, then you might as well dig two graves because it's going to affect you tremendously. Okay, the fifth principle. Humility and sincerity of the offender is not critical for true forgiveness. A lot of people wait for that. Like, when, when they come and ask for forgiveness, when they're humble, when they've changed their behavior, the servant fell down in verse 26 and said, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Could he pay it all? There's no way he could pay the debt. Okay? So even though he was begging for mercy, he was also lying. And so we can't rely on other people's response or, or what they do or not do for us to forgive because it's really about us and what the benefits we have for that. Okay, the sixth, sixth principle. Genuine forgiveness requires we find compassion. This is the hardest one. But that's what happened in the parable. The master of that servant was moved with compassion and decided to release him. Just like the prodigal son, great story of compassion, even though the prodigal son kind of blew his inheritance, kind of was, you know, went off wild living. It says in that story, too, that the father was moved with compassion and ran after him. And so compassion is key. Number seven, forgiveness benefits the forgiver more than the one forgiven. This is so important. If you've ever think that forgiveness is this thing we're going to give somebody that doesn't really deserve it, stop and go, wait a second. Forgiveness is for me. Forgiveness is for me. I love this. this is my favorite, one of my favorite quotes about forgiveness. It's by a guy by the name of Lewis Schmieds. And it says, To forgive is to set a prisoner free and then to discover that the prisoner was you. That's what we think sometimes. I don't want to let that person off. I don't want to let them free. But we're the prisoners that we want to be uh, let free. Last principle is when forgiveness is absent, lifelong torture remains. Okay, this is the, the harsh reality. Okay, in the parable it says, Then his master, after he called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you the $6 billion debt, and you wouldn't forgive the $10,000 debt. You did not have compassion. And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. How long is that? 160,000 years, right? (laughs) So that's what's in store. When we don't forgive, we are asking for torture. And I see it every day in my office, just the anguish and the torture, the bitterness, and just not feeling that, those feelings of lightness and, and joy because there's so much anger and bitterness and resentment. 
I want us to know that we can find freedom and forgiveness. Managing a debt, I love how, how Jesus puts it in financial terms because we can kind of understand like, okay, this guy owes me a lot of money, but he's asking me to cancel that. But if we, if we spend our whole lives managing that debt, we're calculating how much they owe, how much they've paid, how much interest has accrued, what about the late payments? Imagine yourself managing that debt that is owed you your whole life. The other person's not losing sleep over that, right? But we don't want to manage that. So my question for you is, whose debt do you need to cancel? Is there somebody in your life whose debt you need to cancel and say, I want to release myself from that? Is it a father? Might be a mother? Might be a sibling? Could be an ex-spouse, a friend, could be an abuser, someone who has abused you, even as a child. It could be a perfect stranger. All of these people may have wronged you. One of these people may have wronged you, and you've been holding on to that debt. And I want to encourage you today is just to get your big stamp out and, and stamp canceled. And just cancel that debt and say, I don't want to have that debt anymore. I don't want to carry that around anymore. I don't want to live with unforgiveness and just be released and find that freedom. Now, I know this sounds really good, okay? And hopefully today, I know I've given you lots of information and hopefully you have a better understanding of forgiveness, but I also know that forgiveness is really hard and it is a journey. It's not just something like, oh, Jake said to forgive. I'm going to forgive everything today. It's a journey. And so this is a, this is a scripture that gives me a lot of hope. Second Corinthians 12.10, it says, that's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults and the hardships and persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I think forgiveness is a divine act. I really do. And so for a divine act, I think we need divine strength. And so I just want to encourage you, lean on God's strength. Because in our weakness, when we go, I don't think I can forgive that. I feel like that's unforgivable. I really encourage you to say, I can rely on God's strength. God says to forgive. I'm going to be obedient because I have everything to gain. Let me pray for you. Lord, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for the freedom that we can find in forgiveness. We thank you for this parable and what it teaches us about forgiveness and about the benefits to forgiveness. And I pray for each person here who may have something in their lives that they need to forgive somebody in their lives, something, even, and sometimes we have to forgive organizations or, you know, sometimes we have to forgive um, companies or think people that have wronged us even on a bigger scale. And I just pray that you give each one of us the strength to do that today and that we would have the courage and the strength to do that and that you would be glorified, and that we would find true freedom and forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, 
if you feel like today you're just struggling with that and this message is like going, man, I needed to hear that, I just want to encourage you and if you feel like you could use some prayer just to help overcome that or just to feel like, you know, I do have somebody in my life that I need to forgive, um, Jen and I will be over here and, and if anyone else wants to come over here and help pray for some people, if you just want to come over here and just get a quick prayer that says, I need help. I want prayer today to just be able to forgive and to find freedom. I've been carrying stuff around too long. I just want to offer that to you. You don't have to. Um, but anyways, thanks for coming. Is there anything else we need to announce? Oh, yeah. The soup, the soul soup, whatever it's called. The, yeah, it's a service project, and it is um, soul soup service project. And it's on, um, we meet at 3.30 to help grill, and then you can set up at 4.30, or you can serve at 5. So you can have options of when you can come. Um, And does it say what the date is on that? It's Thursday. Oh, yeah, it's this Thursday. Um, And and we meet at the First Methodist Church on Dayton. Um, So if you can be a part of that, it'll be a huge blessing I want to encourage you in that, and thanks for coming. You guys have an awesome week.